0: Everybody, welcome into the Irish NFL show presented by Trust Gaming. Can you believe seven months after the Chiefs against the Bucks in the Super Bowl? We're back, not in Tampa Bay, but in Tampa, Dublin Bay, tonight <laughs> for the NFL kickoff, which kicks off at 20 past one in the morning. God help our sleeping patterns. The Bucks against America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. The return of Dak Prescott to the NFL after a long injury, joined by Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary, Mark Cockerell. Boys, welcome in. Delighted to be back. Colin, delighted to be back. Absolutely. Uh, it,
1: seven months, it felt so long. I know there were so many stories uh, during the off-season, but it is so great to have real football to talk about, real tackles, and real meaningful results.
0: Brian, you texted me in May saying all you wanted was football season to come back. Here it is. How are you feeling? hours ahead of kickoff?
2: Oh, very excited. You can't beat week one. Everybody thinks the team is going to go to the Super Bowl. Everybody has high expectations and by week three or four, the realisation will kick in that all those months of thinking your team is going to be really good, go away very quickly. But personally, from our point of view, we've had a really, really good off-season. As I touched on, we're ending the week 56 episodes, Super Bowl 56. We have had some great guests, you know, NFL Network, ESPN. It's been a, probably one of the most enjoyable off-seasons, but at the same time, you can't be an NFL season and we've got a great season in store.
0: We're almost ready to go. We've got a guy also here that will not play fantasy football, Mark Cockrell. Mark, at the Aviva this weekend, can you be thrown in the All-Ireland? We're at the Aviva this weekend. What a weekend. It's going to be great. I know. Maybe we, we might do better at the Aviva than Ireland did at the weekend against Azerbaijan. Um,
3: I, I think anybody could do better at the Aviva than Ireland did against Azerbaijan, to be fair in fairness. Um, look, it's a bit like the NFL, isn't it? One week you're up and one week you're down. One week Ireland nearly beat Portugal in Portugal. <laughs> and next week they scrape a point against Azerbaijan. That's the beauty of the NFL. That's the beauty now of our 17-game season. We're going to go through all the highs and lows and all of those experiences as fans in relation to it. But I'd like to give just one quick shout-out before we start, Michael. Opening day of the season, opening game, obviously, with Super Bowl champions against Dallas Cowboys have a massive following. All the razzmatazz comes out, all the spectacle, all the fun and games, and all of the um, excitement and everything. But we don't have all of that. But they asked for colin cronin's shirt and we denied them that bit of razzmatazz so we have our own special razzmatazz in dublin that no one else has yeah do
0: like the other way like the cowboys go all out colin has been all out today i have to say boys let's um let's just jump right into this matchup cowboys go into tampa bay to play the box Dak prescott back in let's jump on the cowboys first colin Dak prescott coming back in after a very very bad injury we didn't know if he'd actually set button i mean he probably come back but we didn't know what level he'd be at Hasn't really done anything in preseason, to be honest. What's your thoughts of the Cowboys going into this game? Um, it's going to be tough
1: because we have seen, like, obviously, serious injury. But then, um, Adam Schefter revealed that you know Dak will he be 100 percent all season? I think that's yeah. a huge worry. If you're a Cowboys fan and you hear like, will Dak be? Because everything I feel is on Dak. Um, it unfortunately the law of diminishing returns with Zeke, uh, Zeke was phenomenal when he entered the league Um, he's still a very good player but he's not uh, he's not the explosive player that we probably saw previously Um, so tonight we're going to get to see Dak and and how he can actually do um, you know the, the warm-up uh, his his infamous warm-up uh, we'll see we'll see that he has he has brought that out in the uh, in the preseason I'm interested to see if there's any change to the mechanics of his throwing because that's apparently one of the issues that's um, led to the injury so um, that would that's probably what I'm kind of most interested to, to see there, there are other talking points that'll i leave to the lads especially in terms of um, and Brian touched uh, on it previously uh, Dan Quinn as defensive coordinator um, but yeah Dan is the talking point I think for the Cowboys this evening
0: But I just have a feeling this evening lads I actually think Dak Prescott is going to play really well tonight I think the Cowboys offence is going to play really well tonight I'll talk about the pick in a minute but can they match this Bucs defence the Bucs defence that came up massively in the Super Bowl I think that's a massive talking point tonight Brand, do you think the Cowboys have a chance tonight against the Bucs what's their main challenge you think
2: I think the main challenge is stopping Tom Brady in a very efficient offence, and it's more so because of this defence, like Dan Quinn has been brought in, we touched on it last night in our season preview show, how many players have been brought in, this defence last year was one of the weakest in the, in the in the league, Dan Quinn has been brought in to rebuild this defence very quickly. We also got an opportunity during, during the off-season to speak to John, John Michauder from The Athletic, and he said Mike McCarthy wasn't brought in here for a three or four year, five year plan, he was brought in to get the Cowboys into the playoffs and deep into the playoffs immediately. Didn't happen last year. It was a very disappointing season. The defense needs to be addressed. 14 of 21 signings for defense. 8 of 11 in the draft. It's all on Micah Parsons straight away. And for me, it's a big step up for him immediately to be I suppose dominant from a linebacker position. And the books well, I know we're going to get into, it, but the books have brought back every, everybody back. Another year on for Tom Brady who for large parts of last season they said was only picking up the offense and yeah, he goes into into the Super Bowl. So if he's picked it up now, God help the rest of the league and gotta help the Cowboys on, on the
0: opening night. Mark, the Cowboys last year had the fifth most points per game uh, against 29.6 and the tenth most total yards per game against 386.4 yards per game. Have it, they a chance? It,
3: no, um, frankly, <laughs> no. I mean, they were porous on defence and, of course, we might see some uh, changes in scheme with Dan Quinn. We might see some uh, evolution in terms of how they approach things. Um, defensively, if both teams hit the, the ground running at the same time play to their peak potential, they do not have enough weapons to keep up with the weapons that Tampa Bay have. But frankly, their defense was so bad last season, it can't really get much worse. So anything is going to be a positive in comparison. What makes me laugh about this, I've seen some of the build-up being like, oh, you know, this is a... A big game and everything and it is a big game it's opening game Cowboys have such a huge fan base but if we're talking in pure footballing terms the Super Bowl champions are a big team from a footballing perspective the Dallas Cowboys and what they've shown us not just last season but for the last few seasons are not big anymore when it comes to football are not big anymore when it comes to playoff potential and are certainly not big when it comes to maybe making a Super Bowl I mean let's be honest guys the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won two Super Bowls since the Cowboys last made the, the Super Bowl. The Green Bay Packers have won two Super Bowls since the Cowboys have made the Super Bowl. There are a lot of things that are happening. Jerry Jones is still chasing, but he, they've a long way to go.
0: Yeah, I was four years old when the Cowboys last got to the Super Bowl. Look at me now, I've got a beard and everything. Um, before we take our game picks, let's look very quickly at the Bucs. They bring everybody back, call them incredible. Tom Brady does like he play for for another 50 years. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> oh i don't know what's your thoughts on this box both defense and offense going in this game tonight? um well they're very good
1: great <laughs> um, <laughs> inside <laughs> Top as, notch. Like, look they are like the defense offensively they're good defensively they're phenomenal the shaq barrett is um, I, I, the Bron- for the Broncos like you you let Shaq walk and you brought in Bradley Chubb and you didn't go the Josh Allen route? Mm, talk about we talked I talked about sliding doors moments during the season preview. There, there's one. Um, I think, um, you know, they're they going to feast the fact that they've had another, uh, more time with Todd Bowles, who is just phenomenally talented. I think the fact that Bruce Arians is clearly brilliant as a head coach, right? He brings guys in, he trusts them to implement the plan. And on, like, just on, on offensive, just a bevy of weapons, right? And last year they were picking up the scheme. The, the big thing is, Tom Brady has never had a perfect season. Tom Brady wants to hold every record that exists, okay? So, um, while last year they got off to a slow start, I think this year, I think Brady's going to look at the division that they're in and say, perfect season. Yeah, why not? Let's go for it from week one. And I imagine they're going to be dialed in. You agree, with? Well? oh
2: I do to a certain extent, but we have seen in previous years where teams start the season and a lot is expected of them as Super Bowl champions. And whilst they win the games, they don't necessarily light it up on the, on the opening night. I remember last year, for example, the Chiefs, they beat the Texans, they were efficient, they didn't do anything groundbreaking. I still think Brady will have enough to run that offence and put up 24, 27 points on on the Cowboys. And to Colin's point, this where I would see the Bucks defence hitting the ground running and being dominant on... Let's be honest, Dak Prescott hasn't played a game for a year. Serious injury. He's going to have some nervousness. He's going to be twitchy. We've still got the concern over whether he's fully fit. So, for me, I think that defense will lead, by example, and win the game more so than the books going up and down on the Cowboys defense. Anywhere in the box? Yeah,
0: I mean, we
2: we
3: haven't even mentioned, like, Devin White and Levante David, an amazing linebacker duo in relation to it. There are literally so many options. they are secondary with a lot of young players. Did great last season, obviously, as well, uh, especially when it really mattered in the playoffs. What makes me smile, I said this in the season preview a little bit, is what about the players that weren't there? What about the additions? So many teams were plugging gaps during the draft. The the Bucks took Kyle Trask in the second round as a quarterback, as a developmental prospect, because it was like, eh, we don't really have too many gaps to worry about. Um, their first-round pick, Joe Tryon Shinooka, uh yeah i've messed that up completely uh, he was just joe Tryon at the draft and he's added on he's gone double barrett now to mess with commentators and myself but um you know he's a luxury pick to maybe add some additional pass rush which is maybe one thing you could say they missed a little bit of oj howard coming back for me is big i mean look they won a super bowl with cameron Bray and rob gronkowski powerful in in the run game you know so so in the passing game although gronk reminded everybody in the super bowl yeah. he he can't really catch the ball but oj howard adds a new dynamic so i'll be looking to see how he performs tonight as well but
0: all the weapons mm. i'm excited to see scotty miller as well any final thoughts before we get our score predictions everyone
2: uh yeah sorry there's one pair that we haven't touched on with the books and um, we saw last year with the books bringing in brown gronk and um, there's other players i can't think off the top me of my head which just oh sorry the Fournette who looked like what well, the back end of their career and then they got re-energized really because they've had the opportunity to play with a great team geo Bernard has come in from the Bengals, a really yeah. efficient running back throughout the years there. On you know, kind of in the background because of Joe Mixon, I think you'll see him in this game getting an opportunity and I think he will be just as effective as your barbers and your Fournettes in the run game.
3: Great, forward.
0: great play for catches out of the backfield as well yeah. and turn them into big games. Yeah. So well, great time now because we haven't done this since the start of February when we all made lovely picks ahead of the Super Bowl. Uh, Mark, starting off with you, man, who have you got tonight and why? What, what's the score going to be? I've got the
3: Bucs and I've got um, them um, 35-17. I think it's going to be comfortable.
2: Yeah, comfortable for the Bucs. Don't see it as high scoring as that. I'd be looking at something around the lines of 27-10. Cool. Um,
3: I think the,
1: the Cowboys will will score some. Um, I, I see them getting more than 10, probably in the region of 14-17. to 17. The Bucs... they're they're winning this they're going to put on a a performance I think you're going to see them spread the ball in terms of passing and I think you're going to see various people carry the ball as well
0: Every time I doubt Tom Brady he comes back and laughs at me even though I never let the man but uh, I think the Bucs will win, I don't think it will be as clear clear as everyone seems to think here I think it will be like 31-24 to the Bucs I think Doc Prescott will want to try and show people that he is back I think I'm mean, really intrigued to see Ezekiel Elliott come into this game as well, who needs to have a good season. You mentioned it in Nassica's previous show. 31-24 for me, but don't be surprised if there is a feeling one of the boys. I just have a feeling. And my God, that would be good for you because we need a good game at that time in the morning. But uh, no, just before we go, just a reminder, uh, we're at the Aviva on Sunday. At the Aviva Stadium, 12pm on Sunday after I have a wonderful weekend, personally, for Throne. But uh, looking forward to the boys. has been a pleasure chatting to you as well. Uh, and stick with us on the Irish NFL show you <laughs> I said said soon a second ago Irish nfl show it's kickoff night we're finally here richard graves special guest on the show tonight richard obviously a big cowboys fan but obviously heavily involved with the nfl delighted to have you back on the show again how are you getting on yeah i'm doing well um thanks for inviting me onto the show first of all you guys are going on to, to
4: bigger and better things i'm glad you've got room for me i saw a few weeks ago you had adam Schefter on so that's sort of illustrious company uh, i am honored to be part of this show guys
0: Thank you very much, Richard. And yeah, we're going to the Aviva Stadium on Sunday. Hopefully, Colin, we can maybe do better than, than the Republic have done against Azerbaijan and countless other teams. But hopefully our performance is better. But Richard, it's it's fantastic to have you on.
4: Yeah, no, it's great to be on, like I say. And look, at last, after all the talking for the last seven months, the pre-season season games which let's be honest they don't really mean anything to to many people um outside of those trying to get onto a roster we can finally look ahead some meaningful football week one is around the corner and it all roads lead to to la next february don't they super bowl 56 let's go
1: richard um just before we we started recording i saw ian Rappaport tweeted that dak was a full participant in training today Uh, That obviously follows on from the story from Schefter a few weeks ago that Dak could potentially be, you know, not 100% for the the entirety of of the season. So we've had different stories kind of coming out around Dak. Um, As a Cowboys fan, like, what you know, how excited are you to see him back? And is there any concern from you about, like, will he be able to pick back up? Because obviously before the injury last year, he was absolutely flying.
4: Well, he, he was on a record-setting pace for passing yards, wasn't he? Um, if not for the season, the whole certainly per, per game. But you've also got to remember as well in, in those four and a half games that he played, five games or so, Dallas were chasing their tails for, for most of it. It wasn't like they'd gone 4-0 and in that period. Uh, and their turnover differential wasn't anything to write home about either. That's, that was on for a record pace. So, look, take nothing away from Dak. This offense goes pretty much as Dak Prescott goes. That goes for the wide receiving core. Certainly goes for Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, and he makes the offensive line better as well. We'll get on to Zach Martin, I'm sure, um, shortly. But for them, for that unit to operate to its potential, it needs Dak Prescott um, behind them uh, pulling pulling the strings. So I've got no, no problems at all with his fitness. I think he's been... Dallas have been cautious with him uh, during preseason training camp. I was... Slightly bemused to see Adam Schefter's tweet a couple of weeks ago. Um, he left himself plenty of wriggle room, didn't he, uh, in case there, there was nothing wrong with Dak. And lo and behold, the first injury report of week one appears today. Dak Prescott is a full go, full participants. And I don't think that really surprises anybody.
2: Richard, during our season preview show, show column made the point that COVID is going to impact on the season, no matter what we think. And more so in round quarterbacks who won't take the vaccine, and obviously then, you know, leading up to the week of the game. Similar to what we've seen with the Cowboys, and Zach Martin is a crucial part of the offensive line. An offensive line which last year kind of struggled and people felt they were going to come back to their own this season. But immediately, week one, such a key player to be ruled out, it's a, it's a massive loss for the Cowboys.
4: Well, you heard Ezekiel Elias over the weekend say that he is the Cowboys' best offensive lineman. Pro Bowl guard, perennial Pro Bowl guard. For, for Dallas. And they are unquestionably a poorer unit without him in, in that starting lineup. I do know he's been fully vaccinated. So the Cowboys will be hoping that points to a, a swift return from um, the, the COVID uh, outbreak that he's been part of, with you think it's CD Lamb as well, and a few of the other cowboys. I think he's the ninth cowboy, all told, including coaching staff, now to have to go into the protocol. Um, But you talk about last season as as well, Brian, and you look at the players that were missing from that offensive line, Lyle Collins, Tyron Smith. Obviously, we all know what had happened previously with Travis Frederick deciding to retire from the game and then halfway through the season, having already lost Dak Prescott, your your starting quarterback, Zach Martin goes down with a calf injury and Bam, he's gone as well. So it's difficult to really judge the offensive line because it's so decimated last year but certainly once Zach Martin's healthy again and back part of this line you assume that they'll stay healthy and you'd have to say that they're one of the, the top 10 offensive lines in the NFL this season but they do need that unit to stay healthy.
0: We're chatting with Neil Richard for fans over in Ireland about the All-Ireland final this Saturday, obviously. Well, one of the teams in County Mayo haven't won the All-Ireland in 70 years. Looking at the NFL, there's loads of teams that haven't won it in a long time or have never even got to a Super Bowl. Like look at the Browns, for example. The Bills have never won it and have got so close, but it's been a long time. Does anybody out of those teams or maybe somebody else that has waited for a while stick out to you this year as maybe real contenders, ones that you think might go on to win it?
4: I thought you were going to mention it's 26 years since Dallas last won the Super Bowl. I'm glad you you admitted (laughs) that. Um, But you'd have to say that with the offensive firepower they've got, it wouldn't surprise anybody if they made a a run to the playoffs, whether they've got enough to go all the way and win it. um, Well, the jury's out on that. The the other team, to be honest, uh, ironically that you mentioned, uh, Neil, in this, are the Miami Dolphins. I, I don't think they've ever been better kitted out in the last 20 years or so to to make a run at it the problem you've got is the question mark surrounding Tua Tagovailoa and is he the franchise quarterback that everybody wants him to be you, you speak to Lee Steinberg his agent he has no question marks over Tua's ability at all i think for Miami the the questions really come from last season when Ryan Fitzpatrick put the team on, on his back and was playing ever so well and Brian Flores Made the call to to move to Tua after the bye week, and it didn't go as well as everybody hoped it would. But look, Tua will undoubtedly be better for that experience. He certainly during his college football days, he was reliable. Nick Saban can't sing his praises highly enough. And I have no reason, honestly, guys, to to doubt that Tua can make that transition to to an NFL quarterback. I I like Tua. I'd have him in my top fifteen quarterbacks in the NFL um going into this season uh, for all those looking at fantasy drafts I know many experts would disagree with me but I like what I've seen um over the past years I think Tua will be better for that experience and working with Ryan Fitzpatrick last season and do not be surprised despite all the distraction and the noises surrounding the Dolphins and trade talks for Deshaun Watson do not be surprised if Tua does turn to be the focal point of this Miami Dolphins offense. And six, seven weeks down the line, everybody's saying, wow, that actually was a good draft pick by, by the
0: Miami Dolphins.
1: Richard, you, you alluded to the 26-year drought, and uh, Michael didn't mention there's a, a, a famously a curse on the Mayo team over here about the All-Ireland. Uh, what I'm wondering is, in terms of Dallas, was the curse to do with Jimmy Johnson and the fact that that Jerry wouldn't put him in the ring of honor. But we had that wonderful moment uh, during the, the Hall of Fame uh, week uh, recently where Jerry announced that Jimmy would go in, and Jimmy famously said, While I'm alive, um, I, I'm wondering, like, it could, in terms two, two things. One, like, just in terms of, like, what, as a Cowboys fan, what does it mean uh, to see Jimmy go in? And uh, just in terms of reflecting back on that, that Cowboys era of dominance.
4: Yeah, look, let's be honest, guys. The, the Ring of Honor celebrates difference makers in the history of an organization. And you cannot look down at the history of the Dallas Cowboys without mentioning the name Jimmy Johnson. Uh, I don't think there's anybody, and I'd include Jerry Jones in this as well, um, associated with the Dallas Cowboys, that doesn't look back on that period in the 90s now and regret how it turned out. Jerry Jones himself said as much leading up to that Hall of Fame game uh, last month. So you look back at the early 90s, I'll go a bit further than that, when Jerry Jones bought the franchise um, and dismissed Tom Landry uproar in the Metroplex area and brings in this successful college um, coach in Jimmy Johnson and in a space of four years. As the memorable line goes, when they won that first Super Bowl, they've gone from being the very worst team in the country to being the very best. And that was Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson, the trades they made, the personnel they brought together. It, it was a perfect storm. The right ingredients all came together and converged at, at the right time. And The the regret, and you hear it time and time again from the players involved uh, and other people around the organisation, the regret that everybody has is that they could have won more if Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones had had found a way to to just get along. Um, It didn't happen. And I suspect that when you see what's happened in the intervening periods, that only serves to cement the legacy of, of Jimmy Johnson with the Cowboys. And especially since they haven't won super bowl since that one in february 96 um it yeah it sticks in the throat when you look at the dallas cowboys that the richest franchise in all of sports and forget the super bowl guys they haven't even got to a a championship game in that intervening period and you do look at it and say well okay something's got to change and something went, went badly wrong in that period um, even the Jacksonville Jaguars, no, famous Jacksonville, but even they made it to the AFC Championship in that intervening period. And the Dallas Cowboys with all their appeal, all the, their wealth um, and all the talent they've, you know, assembled over the years, haven't been able to get there. And quite honestly, haven't looked like they're even going to be close to, to getting there. The Des Bryant catch aside, should we say.
2: Richard, I suppose the storyline for Dallas this off season would have been to Dak press our contract and then obviously going into training camp the injury and will he be ready for week one? But I, w- I would say this team is only going to go as far as this defense takes them. And Dan Quinn has been brought in to, I suppose, recapture and build a dominant defense. And, you know, you even look at the draft, eight of the 11 picks went on defense, 14 of the 21 eight free agency signings and draft included overall were all on defense. Last year, they were in the bottom five in, in terms of the rankings. This defense this year, a lot of people feel they will be re-energized and them do well on the Dan Quinn. And whilst people are critical of Dan Quinn for Atlanta, he was very good in his time in Seattle. So your expectations of whether he can turn it around?
4: Yeah, for sure. I think Dan Quinn with his reputation, of course, expectations immediately rise. But I'll be honest with, with you guys, th- this defence, I think at best, can be a middle-of-the-road um, defence in, in the NFL this season. It's in, in an inexperienced unit. Uh, let, let's not beat around the bush. You can't get much worse than they were last season. They, this was a franchise, historically bad defense uh, for the Cowboys last year. So you look at the, the turnover they've had, and right off, out of the gate, they go to, to Tampa Bay this week to take on the, the Super Bowl champions, and they've got problems on the defensive side of the ball. You, I was looking at the de- depth chart only a little earlier today, and you know Neville Gallimore starting defensive tackle, he's out on, on IR. Tristan Hill, their second round pick from a couple of years ago in the draft, he's not um, fit and healthy to start the season. So now you're looking at people like Oso Digizua, who was a, a mid-draft pick this time around. A rookie, Carlos Watkins, came in on an incentive-laden contract rather than a fully guaranteed contract, which might point you in the direction of... of how the Cowboys assessed him when they signed him in this offseason. He's slated to start at defensive tackle. And then you look at the linebacking core and on the depth chart again, if you start with your base defense, it says you've got Jalen Smith, Micah Parsons, Leighton Van der Esch. Well, if you consider that, I know upwards of 75% of the game you play in a nickel defense, I would be amazed if Jalen Smith um, sees a, an awful lot of snaps on, on Thursday night. Keanu Neal has been certainly earning rave reviews alongside the rookie Parsons through training camp. I think we'll see a lot of those two in combination. Um, but then you look at the secondary as well, second round pick, cornerback, Kelvin Joseph. He's not fit and healthy to go um, week one, so you're probably looking at um, Diggs uh, and Anthony Brown as the starting corners. And then what are you going to get from the safety pairing as well? Several free agents have come in. It looks like Demonte KZ will get the start against Tampa Bay but a lot of question marks hang over this defense and let's not forget of course the coach Dan Quinn has missed part of preseason because he's been going through the COVID protocol as well.
0: Just a final round of questions Richard that's all right uh, you've obviously had you obviously have a deep uh, I guess experience within the NFL with Sky and with other ventures now that you're working freelance is your plan this year to maybe sit back as an NFL fan and enjoy the season or Have you any plans yourself for the season or is it very much right now? Just watch the season, watch the Cowboys get to the championship game, enjoy the fantasy league or what's the plan of the Well,
4: Obviously, my fantasy leagues are all going to be a storming success. Um, And I'd love to say, look, I'm going to sit back, guys, and just take a season in and be an armchair fan. But you can't. Um, This game just has a way of grabbing you. Um, so I will be working in some form of of capacity uh, during the course of the season. Um, Nothing's confirmed as yet, but uh, I assure you when it is, people will will know about it. Uh, So, yeah, looking forward to it. Of course, we've got the two London games coming up in October as well on this side of the pond. Um, And, yeah, we'll see what the future holds, but I've got some irons in the fire right now. And, yeah, hopefully we'll be involved at some point along the course of the campaign.
1: Richard, you touched on it a little bit um, in terms of the the defence, but just to, to delve maybe a little bit more into Micah Parsons, because Peter King has him down as the rookie he thinks could have the biggest impact in the league this year. Um, and he he's he spent his time traveling across America this summer, going to, to various uh, training camps. Um, but he, he said it. Uh, I know I know I remember he, he did a video after one training camp. He tweeted about it, and he had it in his uh, Monday morning uh, column today. Just in in terms of I suppose like. Oh, we're we're a little removed from the American side of, of things, but is the the buzz amongst Cowboys fans the same uh, about uh, Michael Parsons and
4: what he could potentially do? Unquestionably so. You know, you cannot not get excited um, by what we've seen just in preseason, and I'm not just talking about what we've seen on the field. It's the the way he's talked and held himself off the field, the desire, the drive, the passion, the energy, which has been missing for from a lot of these Cowboys defensive units down the years. And I think what excites um, fans as well, watching the Dallas Cowboys and what they might have had here is that look, let's not beat around the bush guys, Micah Parsons fell into their laps. They were looking to take a cornerback uh, with that 10th overall pick, both the top two cornerbacks went off the board. They traded back and Micah Parsons was the best player that they had on, on their draft board, but it's his speed around the field. Um, He will overcommit. There's no question about it. He will see things. And at this level, quarterbacks will draw him out of position and he'll be caught out of position. But the exciting thing for Cowboys fans is he will also make plays. He's going to be a difference maker on the field this season without question. And it's the the utility he brings to the defensive side of the ball as well. He's not just a linebacker. He can be used to to rush the quarterback and bring pressure. And he'll be good in coverage. He's the type of guy that can follow slot receivers, tight ends uh, as well um, down the field. So he's a bit of a chess piece. It'll be interesting to see how he fits in, but I will not be at all surprised if even three, four weeks from now, we're talking about this rookie as being the best player on the the Cowboys' defense. uh, And that's taking into account the DeMarcus Lawrence's of this world as well. I I really think he's that good. Um, And yeah, Dallas Cowboys fans, you've got every right to get excited about this one.
2: Richard, just looking ahead to Sunday's week one slate of games, is there any particular game that you're supposed to have a key eye on this, you know, outside of the red zone, one game that you're thinking about, or, and any particular storylines in week one that you're interested to see?
4: Yeah, I, I don't think anybody that follows the NFL can get away from the story surrounding the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, Hurricane Ida uh, has had a great impact on the state of Louisiana, and for somebody like me, I know it's now 15, 16 years ago, but Katrina still seems fairly fresh in the memory when they have to play the whole season um, outside of the the Superdome down there. Well, they have spent the last couple of weeks training in Dallas and using AT&T Stadium. Uh, Their week one tie uh, is going to be in Jacksonville. Uh, They can't use AT&T because I think they've already got a a music event uh, scheduled in uh, for the stadium this weekend. So they're going over to, to Florida to play in Jacksonville. Green Bay Packers are in town. uh, And you've got to say that, you know, aside from the upheaval of having to, because the organization in New Orleans has paid for the players' families to to travel with them as well. So aside from that upheaval, you're now losing home field advantage against one of the top teams in the NFC. It's a a lot to take in. You've got to feel for, for the Saints, but Sean Payton says that they have a contingency plan and this is all part of it. They've obviously not got Drew Brees at the helm. Anymore, the irony being, of course, that he came into the Saints following Katrina, and between him and Sean Payton, they helped rebuild the organization and rebuild the community around there. So it's going to be famous Jameis at, at the helm for, for week one, but I'll certainly be watching on with interest to see how that one pans out.
0: Just finally, Richard, before you come on, we all give our for tonight's game. Everybody, I think, went with the box. I did say the box, but I said it would be close. I think it might be maybe a field goal or a touchdown in it. Um, I think Mike Dak Prescott might come in a bit more than people expected him to in this first game. What's your thoughts in this game tonight? I know you're probably going to say the Cowboys are going to win, but what's your thoughts and who's going to get that? Who's going to get the win?
4: Well, my heart says Dallas, my head says not a chance. <laughs> um, I, I think the Bucks um come out with a victory in this, and, and I'll tell you why it's because. They're returning all 22 stars i think you've got to go all the way back to 1976 i want to say and the oakland raiders for the last time um a team returned all, all their starters uh, and they they won their week one game um i think they went something i don't know, they had a winning record of 11 and three or whatever it was um back then how many games they played in the season but they didn't go on to win the super Bowl now. I, I think there'll be probably parallels with, with this Bucks side because they're not my tip for, for the Super Bowl. I do think they caught lightning in a bottle um, last time around. But equally, notoriously now, given the way preseason is, I think defences struggle straight out of the gate in, in week one. So I would expect plenty of points. I think you've got two offences that know how to find their way to the end zone. And I think we can see uh, something of a shootout in Tampa. But ultimately, I do think that the Bucs win this probably buy a, a healthy score.
1: Yeah, it's just so good to have
4: uh, football back, Richard, as you
1: said. So no matter what way this plays out, I think everyone's going to be happy that after seven long months, we get real football. It's always a pleasure to have you join us on the show and wish you uh, continued success with RDG Media. And look, hopefully we can have you on again uh, over the, the course of the, the next few months and we can see how Micah Parsons
4: is getting on. Yeah, absolutely would love to, guys. As you say, it's RD Media, RD, RDG Media, should I say, dot UK. Um, but I always have a blast talking football with you guys. And yeah, like you, it's been seven long months. Let's get back to some competitive action. And there will be countless storylines, no doubt, this time next week as we try and unravel what's happened with week one. And there'll still be a couple of games left to play.
0: That was Richard Graves. We are now merely hours away from the start of the NFL season. Delighted after seven months to finally have him back. Final segment on this week's show is in fact a new weekly segment that's going to take place each Thursday night focusing on the betting side of each week's game and I guess it gives a different slant to what we usually do as well. Um, We're going to try and work out where all the money is going each week and we're going to be joined every Thursday night by communications manager uh, Aidan O'Sullivan from Matchbook.com the Matchbook Betting Exchange. Aidan... First of all, a massive, massive welcome to the Irish NFL show on the first night of the season.
5: It's guys delighted to be along uh, watching you guys from afar for the last couple of weeks and months. Every time I go on Twitter, you're making a new announcement on a new venue, some new pr- uh, promotion, brand new guests. You guys are doing terrific and uh, yeah, very much delighted to be associating or brand ourbrandmatchbook.com with yours. I think it'll be a very good fit.
1: Uh, I have to say, like having somebody with that accent on the uh, on the show, uh, it's good to uh, to, to usually Bri- Brian and uh, Michael, you know, have have me uh, outnumbered, but here here we are. Um, look, I, I suppose in terms then of um, of Matchbook, it's not like a traditional kind of bookmaker. Can can you give us uh, a, a kind of a guide in terms of like about Matchbook and especially in terms of NFL betting?
5: Yeah, I think we'd we'll be here all night explaining what a betting exchange is, but it's pretty simple to be honest. You're essentially getting better value, and in all honesty, you go to Aldi, you go to Lidl, you get better value on different goods that you wouldn't get it done stores. No name dropping there, but that's what we offer. We offer a uh, pretty good liquidity as well, so you'll always be able to get your bet done, which generally sometimes doesn't happen with some people if they're very successful gamblers uh, with different companies. Sometimes they not be able to get as much done, but uh, yeah, no, generally we'll be best price across the board, especially on Sunday. Uh, before kickoff so yeah you know there isn't too much to it but uh, best price generally and you know you can't eat value at the end of the day
2: And we'll come to the opening game later on in the, in the segment but just ahead of this weekend's games um, throughout the week and I imagine there's some different bets coming in but have you seen anything any particular trends that you're focusing on at the moment ahead of Sunday's games
5: yeah, it's it's funny. Like like on our own podcast, we would always generally advise people to get on early in the week. Uh, I think that's kind of changed this year to a certain extent for many of the teams, with the whole COVID thing going on and whatever else. I mean, you look at teams like the Baltimore Ravens, Buffalo Bills. Whilst we are looking at the Minnesota Vikings, Indianapolis Colts, all their quarterbacks were led to believe currently uh, at the time of recording that they're unvaccinated. So. Those guys are tested every day. One of them fails a test and they're potentially out for the game. And that makes a big difference to the betting markets within each game. So I would be very much keeping an eye on these uh, teams in particular and maybe waiting until Sunday to have your bets. Uh, but again, that probably goes again contrary to what we said in previous years of getting your money done. But hey, new normal and all that.
0: Obviously, it's interesting yeah. you're saying there. And obviously, to to you know, maybe look at that and understand that because there's so many players... And even ones that we don't know about yet that happen to be vaccinated. I think that is going to change with time as well. So it'll be interesting to see that there. Does anything stand saw out so
5: far in terms of notable line moves for yourselves? Yeah, and there's been some decent enough line moves. Again, again, week one of the NFL season, I think betters are generally kind of wary of, you know, getting too involved. And, they, you know, you want to see a couple of weeks, have a bit of a sample size to kind of get stuck into. The Bills was a big move. Um, we, we saw a lot of money for the Bills in the last couple of days. they moved from, they opened a minus five and a half point average, which means your bet wins if it covers by uh, six or more. But they got up to seven at one stage a couple of days ago. There's been a small bit of sport back for the Steelers, but a lot of betters I've chatted to uh, both stateside and this side of the Atlantic. Um, they're liking the Bills this year. And a team that, funnily enough, uh, this might uh, speak to one or two of you guys, the Broncos, they're very... Getting a lot of support with a lot of uh, big syndicates and professional bettors. Um, I'm not totally sure. I don't fully see it, but uh, week one, obviously the Giants have a few injuries that uh, we've seen a lot of support. They've been bet up to minus three currently. Um, you know, again, Teddy two hands or Teddy gloves or whatever he's name. So So he, he's in there and he's obviously a steady quarter. He yeah, had two gloves, yeah. Um, I couldn't get it on my head, but yeah, he's obviously a very steady quarterback. And in, the, in these situations, better is generally like to go with um someone over him as maybe opposed to Daniel Jones, who's a bit more flaky. Um, The Packers um, against the uh, Saints, again, was a tricky one there with Hurricane Ida. In the last couple of weeks, that fixture was moved to a neutral venue at Jacksonville. That will always have a big impact on the line, especially with the New Orleans home advantage in that Superdome there. So the Packers opened about minus one a couple of weeks ago. Um, Jameis Winston obviously got installed as a starter with New Orleans, and to be honest, that didn't support, didn't give any of the main bettors and the betting groups any bit of support um, or any bit of confidence in famous Jameis. So they're the big two move, big two or three moves that we've seen thus far today.
1: I suppose, Aiden, uh, we, we've talked maybe there about some of the uncertainty or or some of the the, the moves that maybe don't that don't aren't making sense in terms of a, a
5: banker for for the week. Oh, you're asking a week one banker. <laughs> not, too, not too many of those are on. Putting you on the spot. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> There's probably one I have looked at uh, early in the week. I was just looking at the total in the um, Chargers at the uh, Washington football team. They still haven't got a nickname. Um, it's 44 and a half. Now, it's generally um, a pretty middling number in NFL terms. I actually think that while generally people will look at the Washington defense, that this is going to be a very strong defense, and it will be. They've obviously got some pretty marquee players there, too, Chase Young. I think that both offenses will be able to move the ball here, and I kind of see this being a kind of a 24-21 game, and it might just clip the over. Um, it's not going to be a big bet, guys. Uh, week one of the NFL season, we very much extol the virtues of pre- pre- you know, protecting your bankroll as we head into week two. And we've got an extra regular season week this year, so let's, uh, let's be careful with that.
2: Hey, in the opening game, I'd imagine, brings a flurry of, of bets and, mm. you know, for quite a while, the line was at six and a half and, you know, it, it's moved up to eight. It's, it's floating around seven and a half. Are you seeing people leaning towards the books on the line or more so people coming in with the Cowboys? They're
5: very much leaning with the bucks with us, Brian. It's actually up to minus eight and a half currently at Matchbook.com, so we've seen a lot of bucks money. Um, I, I, I generally find with these games, the opening tours and night fixtures, they can be kind of cagey affairs. I, I tend to you know, without like doing a wash, rinse and repeat on this, backing first half unders, the total is currently set at 52 and a half. So the first half total will be about 26 and a half, 27. That's maybe an angle I look to. I think that Tampa Bay defense is probably going to even get better this year. Um, And, you know, I I don't know how Dallas really moves the ball there. And the flip side of it, I've seen the Bucs last year too. They just do enough in a lot of games. And, you know, this is week one. I think defense is going to be on top. We saw the college ball last week. A lot of the big totals did not go anywhere near the, the overs. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys are watching the Ohio, not at the Wisconsin, and Penn State. It was nil all half playing those. Again, we're not going to compare Big Ten football to the NFL, but uh, generally speaking, I think with the the crowds back as well, we could see you know a couple of touchy affairs in Week One. Hopefully not, but uh, yeah, um, go under again as well
2: nil all on a game which had an over of, I think it was 50 and a half was it something, along those lines?
5: something like that yeah, absolutely yeah. But that, that was big 10 football as well as but yeah we saw Georgia Clemson as well 10-3 that toll went off of 52 and again I don't want to compare to Rapids and oranges, but uh, I think the the crow being back in will have a slightly big effect there of course I, I say that about the owners and then I actually tip an over for my best bet but there you go even as well,
0: like you're talking about the crowds being back, even just watching the Premier League last few weeks, the, the difference in being able to watch it is unreal. So, yeah, it, it'll have a massive effect. Uh, for, for anybody who wants to get involved, have, have a friendly flutter at the weekend. We've got a special new customer offer. It's on the screen right now. Uh, and with thanks to Eden, and Matchbook, we'll be picking uh, a weekly treble bet this Sunday, starting off from the Aviva. Can't wait to see that. We're not going to let Brian near it in case he picks the Giants. That was a joke, Brian. Uh, but can I, Aiden, just before I thank you, and um, you know it's obviously it's, it's obviously been great to have us on this is the end of our show this week and i i know it's going to be great having you on every thursday great to have matchbook involved as well yet I, I just wanted to say to these two boys i'm not sure if you have it on hand right now but say uh, to everyone watching come on throne this weekend can't wait All Ireland final just wanted to see brian's face and colin's face Come on, Tarun, this is us now until the weekend, but uh, I don't even, I'm i too scared in to even look at the exchange there, but uh, no, a pleasure to have you on, man, and uh, hopefully chat to you again, obviously, next Thursday as well.
5: Yeah, very much so, on Tyrone. I backed in a couple of weeks ago for the All-Ireland and uh, some of them, you're both there, Mike.
0: Good man, good man. Folks, thanks very much for coming on and watching tonight, and we will see you on Sunday from the Aviva Stadium, 12 o'clock. Enjoy the game tonight.